The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Like double dog dare ya! Was that wrong? You ought to be ashamed yourself. How the hell is that Mike Florio's job? So what, no f***ing now? Continuing our coverage of the 2020 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, joining us now, the man who discovered Patrick Mahomes. He is Chiefs General Manager, Brett Beach. I love the story of how you just banged on the drum and banged on the drum. I mean, everybody knew he was a first-round prospect, but you guys figured out, you figured out how good he was going to be. And I think the other part of it that was genius was keeping it quiet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if it gets out, then maybe some of these teams at the top of the draft start taking a closer look. And the next thing you know, you can't get him. You yeah. can't, it's hard enough to go from 27 to 10. You get him from 27 to 2 to get him. So congratulations, number one, on discovering him, and number two, on keeping it quiet. Keeping it quiet. That's the hardest part. Uh, and I think, you know, during that draft process, we knew that basically we weren't going to be able, be able to get higher than 10. So you're right, and, and you're sitting there thinking, you know, I think we're ahead of the curve on this kid, and um, we have a plan to get him. But, you know, if it gets out, um, it's not going to take teams at 11, 12, 13. It's, it's an easy move to go from 12 or 13 to 10 as opposed to 27 and 10. So we were kind of locked into 10, and we needed uh, the cards to fall in an exact way, and, and fortunately for us, they did. Did you have an inkling at the time of maybe the two or three other teams that were hot on them? Yeah, you know, listen, I did a lot of work. I'd like to think that you were trying to survey the landscape, and, I, I you know, you certainly heard the Cardinals and maybe the, the Saints, and they are you know, it's it's no coincidence that they were 11 and 12 when we got to 10. Right, right. Um, but honestly, the day of the draft felt really good. Um, but when Trubisky went at two, typically the way these drafts work, when one position goes, there's just a Start run. A run, right. So you think to yourself, wow, one's already off the board. Yeah. He, he might not make it to us, but uh, one Cincinnati turned at the card, and I think it was John Ross, and you know, a lot of high fives and a lot of cel- celebrating. Yeah. So you're just watching it every pick. Oh, you're yeah. just holding your breath when that yeah. pick goes, yeah. and you, you're looking to see if the, if the commissioner's mouth is starting with a puh. Like, you don't want that puh to well, come out. Really, it's the computer, because the computer spits the name out. So I think I caught myself for those first nine picks just staring at the computer, just looking for the names to, to go across the screen. Oh, that's right, because you guys know in advance. Yeah, yeah before the commissioner like goes There's like a 20-second yeah. yeah. before yeah, right. it comes on the screen. So um, just caught ourselves staring at the stare at the computer monitors, but um, the palms were sweaty and there was a little bit of nervousness uh, until Cincinnati turned the card in. Did you know you had to get ahead of the Saints and the Cardinals? Well, we knew that that uh, the likelihood of um, selecting him once it got to them would be lower and lower. Now, listen, maybe they went in a different direction. Maybe they thought about trading back up in late one. You don't know, but you know that these are teams that have done um, more extensive work on Mahomes. I mean, when you sit there and you're going through, fortunately, I had a good relationship with, with um, Pat's agent, Chris Cabot, and you start compiling information and you realize that there are some teams that are showing a higher probability because of they're doing more visits, they're interacting more, and, and those teams, um, more so than others, um, were way out in front in regards to some of the work they've done that you realize once you get to those teams, then, you know, the, the risk becomes a lot greater. 
So when did you stop celebrating? Are you done celebrating yet? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different in our deal here because, I mean, we won the Super Bowl. We get back on Monday, organizational day, Tuesday, parade Wednesday, and then you know, we always meet for 14 days before the combine. Right. Well, because we were in Miami, we were six days behind. So literally that Thursday, uh, me and my my scouting staff, we were in the um, in the office at 7 a.m. and we were just cranking through the tapes. So it was really business as usual. So I don't know if I had a chance to celebrate. I joke with Coach all the time. Coach is sending me pics from California and we're in the draft. I don't so. know about this business yeah. as usual thing yeah. on a Thursday. I'm throwing the yeah. challenge flag on that. But here's the thing. He's got things he has to do. Like, yeah. right. how hard yeah. is it to stay right. focused yeah. on your work? Because you're putting all in all that work to eventually win the Super Bowl. Hey, we just won the Super Bowl, yeah. right? I, I like it. I'm sure it takes even more discipline yeah. in the aftermath of winning the Super Bowl to dot your I's and cross your T's and do everything you need to do because the train keeps rolling year yeah. after year. Yeah, because everyone will be celebrating in Kansas City, and uh, you know how this works. I mean, as soon as you get here and the offseason starts, I mean, no one really cares anymore. I mean, it's. Uh, um, but you do have to find that that moment and, and that time to, to sit back and, and you know just. Um, celebrate with with the people and the organization um but i think you know the combine being such a quick turnaround really just forced you to, to like you said stay disciplined and stay after your craft which one did you say oh crap we're done more in 24 nothing to the texans or 20 to 10 with the 49ers was there one That's there question. where you were like oh crap we're done I, the texans ones i was like ah, i think they could still come back yeah i would agree I, you yeah. know the niners game because it was now it was so much later in the game I right. mean you're talking 2010 in the fourth quarter yeah. Houston happened so fast that even though it wasn't an ideal situation to be in yeah. you looked at the clock and you saw there's so much time left in the game whereas the Niners and and given their, their defense, defense right and how how yeah. stingy they've been all year you right. looked at the clock and you're like 20 to 10 seven minutes in the game right we got to go so right. it was a little bit more plus the stakes were a little bit higher too so it was amazing. I'm, I'm still blown away yeah. by it. I can't well, like I can't even I it's amazing. Yeah. One of the things that impressed me, the NFL films package that culminated in that third down play, yeah. the forty four yard gain from Patrick to Tyreek Hill. The leadership that Patrick was showing on the sidelines downtown, talking to guys like Tyreek Hill to keep his head in the game. I mean, that's one of those things that you can look at all the film you want. Yeah. You don't know that he's going to be that guy until he's there. And I think that's one of the things about Patrick Mahomes that that pushes him over the top and it puts him in already one of the all-time greats. Yeah, and that's like you said. I mean, there listen, all throughout the league and year in and year out, there's always I mean, this league doesn't lack for talent. So you're going to have guys that um, are extremely mobile, guys that have arms and this and that. But it's really those moments that, I mean, you, until you experience um, and go through those moments that you know what you really have. And Pat is so unique in the ability. To, and, I, and I tell the guys all the time when people want to ask about Pat, Pat has the ability to go out there and play and 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 perform in a game similar to, like, when you're in your backyard playing with your friends. Yeah. He has the ability to play in front of a big audience and he gets into the zone where it's really just backyard football, right. and it, there's no stress. He's unfazed. It, 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 it's crazy. Well, if hey, we, and you saw the way when he called. Look, let's run this play. Why not? I, it doesn't matter what down. I know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, it is. It well, you know, and I don't know if you heard us on the show, but like, you know, I know my dad got done with the game against you guys and the Titans, and he said one of the things the Titans coaches kept saying is, "We're not going to blitz him because you can't rattle the guy." Yeah. It's not. He's never been rattled in his three years yeah. as a quarterback, and. I, are you amazed by that? Yeah, I mean, you think it's it, it, it's crazy. It, it has to go back to all the years. I think growing up in a clubhouse and right. I think being around large crowds and, and, and uh, professional athletes, it, it really, nothing is, the moment is never too big for yeah, him because right. he doesn't really have to deal with um, 
any environment that is uncomfortable for him. When does he get that second contract that everyone thinks is going to be 40 million? He'll be the one to break the barrier, 40 million per year. Well, is there a timetable for getting that done? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I don't know if there's a timetable. We have time, and he's not, listen, he's going to be a, a Chiefs quarterback for a long, long time. Um, certainly, there, with the CBA, looks like it's going to get worked out, and, um, you know, there'll be some dialogue there that we'll have to work through. Um, and then just really just trying to, and I think the cool thing about Pat and his agent is they realize that, you know, he's going to make a lot of money, but they also yeah. realize that, you know, listen, no one operates in the sense of taking the extreme team discount, but Pat is also very cognizant of wanting to be um, in a place like Kansas City and win a lot of Super Bowls. Right. And there are some things um, to help the team to make sure that there's always talent around him. So it'll take time. Yeah. It'll get done. Right. Um, but he's one of those ki uh, kids. He's a special kid and his agent. They want to make sure he's surrounded with a bunch of talent, too, yeah. because, I mean, he's, he's chasing rings, and that's a good thing and a good situation for us to be in, too. Yeah, we argue about this a lot. I, I mean, we do. I, I mean, I'm always like, ultimately, if he makes $42 million a year, if he takes 38, it's not going to make it's a still difference. It's $4 million dollars a year. I know. It's but so we are, it yeah. is a lot. I get it. I'm yeah. not trying to disrespect it. Right. But he 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 thrives on winning. Yes. And he, there's also an element of just real. And, you know, obviously, the more money a team has, the more talent they can surround. And it, it'll be one of those things that it'll get done. It'll take time, like they all do. But at, at a certain time and point, it'll make sense for us. It'll make sense for them. And everybody will be happy. You get input on the roster. Do you get input on the Super Bowl ring? Um, in regards to just the, the design, design of it, yeah. You know, my take is that uh, I'm, I think uh, Clark and his uh, wife Tavia are working on that, and I'm sure Coach will get a look at it. But I think it's hard to, to I don't know. I've never won one before, <laughs> yeah, but I'm assuming right. it's hard to screw it up, right? Yeah, right. No, yeah, it's hard to screw it up. Yeah. Just make it big and yeah, shiny, and everyone's going to be Where happy. Where will you keep it? Will you wear it? Uh, I would you know, wear that damn thing every day. Yeah. I'd wear it in the shower. I'd wear it in the swimming pool. I'd wear it when I sleep. I'd never take it yeah. off. Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't even thought about that. I'm, I'm anxious to see what it looks like, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be some special moments where you want to break it out. And other than that, I'm sure I have a place for it yeah. uh, in a safe somewhere. Hey, right. and I, I, you're not going to like this. Get ready. We have a big enough place because yeah. it ain't going to be the only one. Yeah, I hope so. It's not going to be the right. only one. Yeah. You're going to have a, you're going to have a whole family of them. Yeah. But it's going to look like they're reproducing by the time yeah. it's all said well, and done with Patrick Mahomes. So congratulations that on getting that yeah. table. Yeah, I wanted to ask one more thing. Just as like we talked about Mahomes, is Chris Jones. Yeah. Chris Jones. I mean, that, is that priority number one right now? Yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, you know, when you do something that hadn't been done in a franchise for 50 years, that win a Super Bowl, um, you realize that you had a talented team. Yeah. And you know, when you get Frank Clark and Chris Jones. You know, on that defensive line, um, to go with Pat Mahomes on the offensive side, that's a. There's no better place to start. Um, there'll be some difficulties and some challenge, challenges for us, and you know, to manipulate everything. But it's certainly something that we want to get done, and we're going to work to see if we can make it happen. All right, Brett, congratulations, man. It's been fun to watch. Go Chiefs. And, Super Bowl. Uh, they they got their own camera now. Look, that's the Chiefs. They're <laughs> big time. All right, we got our own back yeah. with more from Indy. Joining us now, the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, one of the final eight teams in 2019 after a thrilling overtime win over the New Orleans Saints in the wild card round. He's Rick Spielman. Rick, great to see you as always. Vikings, 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 <laughs> Vikings. Just stop it. Just stop it. And, you know, the over-under was three seconds and at the under. You know that. I mean, come on. This is great. I love this. You guys, you guys have been close the past few years. Is that, is that like almost worse than, than – than being not even in the conversation, to be close enough where you feel like you got a shot and it just, you, you can't grab the brass ring. Yeah, and I think every up. year, you know, we look at how we can potentially tweak things to finally get us, you know, not at the doorstep, but actually get into the big game and hopefully win that. 
Um, and I know this year, you know, Coach Zim analyzing some of the things from a coaching staff standpoint, what we're going to do differently. I think it's uh, big that uh, Gary Kubiak steps in in Kevin Stefanski's place, who I think will do a phenomenal job in Cleveland uh, to be our offensive coordinator. And I think, uh, you know, um, the continuity on offense with Kirk Cousins actually playing in a same offensive system the second yeah, year in a row right. is also something which you know is big. Big. Uh, and then the, some of the changes on you know with Zim freshening up maybe some new ideas on the defensive side and how we can get better on that side. I love the Dom Capers hire. I mean, a three-four guy coming in with a four-three system. It just shows a willingness to be flexible that a lot of coaches of Mike Zimmer's age yeah. aren't going to want to do. Right. Well, I think that's what makes Coach Zim so unique is because no one has an ego in the building. Everybody's trying to get to the ultimate goal. So whatever we have to do um, to put the egos aside, um, because we're all going to benefit if we do win that game. And uh, so we're going to assess where we're at every year and bring in the top talent that we can and think uh, want to thank the ownership because they give us the resources to do that as well because if you don't have the ownership they can give you the resources to bring in the top talent not only on the field but also the coaches uh, then you're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that we've done. Kirk Cousins I mean that's the that's the guy that we always talk about Kirk Cousins <laughs> or he likes to talk Kurt about or Kirk? Kirk I said right. Kirk I'm always respectful it's but, with a K at the but, end. Uh, yeah but but talk about his year just what it did for him the organization everything around it I think when you see from year one and then when Kubiak and Stefanski took over and did things that he does well and it's establishing the run game this right. outside zone uh, the play action I think when he is kept clean in the pocket and he has time. He is one of the most accurate quarterbacks throwing in this yeah, league. Definitely. Now at all levels, at the short level, at the intermediate level, and, and even downfield right. at the deep level. I think, you know, the biggest knock on him a lot was can he win in big games? Yeah. And I think you've seen for the first time this year to go into Dallas and, and win on primetime game on the road. They stunk. Um, it wasn't a big game. They were 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> the Saints game was huge, though. But I, you got to even just take the Denver game. Okay, we're down 20 to nothing yeah. at halftime. Right. And because of the way Kirk Cousins played, uh, he brought us back. I think he threw three touchdowns uh, to bring us back in the second half. Well, I don't know if we've been able to do that in the right. past. So you see the progress that he's made. You have a, a Gary Kubiak, a coach that, that, that truly believes in his abilities and what he can do with this guy. Uh, and I think it's only going to be getting, going up from there because right now at his age, they're right in the prime of their career. And I still think there's going to be huge improvements, and you see him take the next step next year. Here's my assessment of how I think he needs to take the next step. And I don't know that it can be Feel done. free to block you your ready? ears at any point, <laughs> okay? Yeah. No, Whatever no, you no, want. I want to be serious. I want to be serious okay. about this, and I want to be straight with you about it. I think that when the walls close in, the play falls apart, that he doesn't have the mobility to get away from the pass rush, right? And I don't know what you can do in an offseason to make a guy better adept to escape and extend a play, but is that that's not an unfair criticism? Is no, it? but you're, what, what, you're, you're, you have to understand what his strengths are. Now, if we want to go to a scramble quarterback that is not as accurate, that may not fit the system as well, then is that what you're saying? But I think if we do some things to maybe improve even up front, some of the things that we're doing up front and some of the personnel, I think we have two really good young cornerstone offensive linemen, and we'll continue to to build that yeah. area. 
and to get him on the boots and the play action. There's a lot of very good quarterbacks in this league uh, that, that, that don't have the ability to make plays on their feet. And a lot of them guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame at, at one time. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. And I'd like to sit here and argue with him about some You've, of the things he just said. He's agreed in the past. But, he's agreed with me. I'm he's not, sucking up to you. Well, no, I'm he's not agreed. sucking up to you. I want to be like it's not always about the quarterback and the mobility. I mean, Tom Brady can't move for crap. Kirk Cousins beats him in a race all the time. He's got a great old line, great pass protection, and helps out. That's all I was going to say. And it's a great okay? system. I mean, how, yes, long, how, right. many, how many years has he been in that same system? Yes, for 20. I mean, this whole time. The guy over there, Charlie Weiss, is sitting right over there who taught it to but, him. But my point is, yeah. if we have someone up front, if a we pick, fail to pick up a blitz or if an offensive lineman, we say, get beat quickly, where as soon as he gets back, he has someone in his face. Is that his fault that he can't escape? Now, I'm saying there are things sometimes that, you know, just like everybody, if you want to try to pick things that he can improve on, maybe using his legs a little more because he is has enough mobility to yeah. make some plays with his feet. Right. Um, but his strength is the play action. And when we do the play action, we get the running game going. That gives us a little bit more time and gives him a little bit more time to do the things he does best. All right, and let me let me ask you this. Are you going to try to extend his contract or are you going to let him play out the final year? Of the you know, we we're, we're went through all of our meetings. Uh, I'll never talk about the business perspective of because we have a lot of tough decisions to make on a lot of our roster. Um, some of our guys are getting older. Um, we have a lot of, you know, unrestricted free agents that we'd love to keep, but are we able to keep them? I think the one thing that we've been able to do is there are a lot of young guys on our roster maybe not had the opportunity to play yet, but because of the way our coaches develop this young talent that they step in, an example would be an Anthony Harris, yeah, right. who waited his turn, waited his turn. All of a sudden he got his opportunity to start and he became one of the the top safeties, in my opinion, in the league last yeah, year. Right. So we have a lot of guys, I think, that uh, that that are in the wings that that will be able to step up if we have to make some tough roster decisions. But you, when you're planning, you're also planning. Okay, if we're able to extend Kirk Cousins, and I know how the coaching staff feels about him, I know how we feel about him. What are we able to do then to improve our roster from last year right. to maybe finally get to? over the threshold Get where you want oh I want to go into your you know I mean this is a big year for you guys I mean first off you guys have a problem because it, you, uh, last year well, well, I mean every year is a big well, year but there's a lot more decisions to be there made is, this that's year. what I mean that's what I do and it, a lot of it is because of you're doing you've drafted so well that you have this homegrown talent that you want to pay but it's hard to let them walk out the door so that's a credit to you but yeah I mean where does it start Everson Griffin Trey Waynes Mackenzie Alexander Anthony Harris like you just talked about Dalvin Cook's on the horizon. I mean, how do you attack Th this? These are things, uh, you know, as, as you go through and, you know, after you go through your buckets of evaluating your roster, evaluating the free agent market, evaluating the draft, where the strengths and weaknesses are, how you're going to fill the needs, can you fill the needs, but also you got to layer in the financial piece. Where we're at from a cap standpoint, our ownership has always never said no on the financial piece of right. us being able to extend these young guys. But guys do get older, guys do phase out. You can't always keep everyone. So you're hoping that you have some guys in the wings like the Anthony Harris when they get their opportunities uh, that they step up and fill in. Yeah. And hopefully, I, th I truly believe that I have a great staff around me and George Payton and Rob Brzezinski and, yeah. and the coaches. Uh, that we all worked very well together to, to, to keep that continuity yeah. and keep moving forward. All right, last one. It's not a question, it's a request. Oh, gosh. In Here honor go. of the seven-year anniversary of the Percy Harvin trade, I want you to look into the camera and say we have no intent to trade Stephon Diggs. Will you do that for me? 
Stefan Diggs is a Minnesota Viking. All that's right. why. That's good. That, that meant absolutely nothing. Rick Spielman, no, he is today, may not be tomorrow, but that's all right. Rick Spielman, thanks for some of your time. Congratulations on the great year and all the best in 2020. Thank you. Joining us now, the general manager of the Super Bowl 52 champion, Philadelphia Eagles. He is Howie Roseman. It just occurred to me. You go by Howie. Does anyone in your life call you Howard? You know, it's funny you say that. There's only one person in my whole life who ever called me Howard. Your mom. My grandmother. Oh. <laughs> and uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. It's, um, no, nobody else does. You know, uh, my first interview in the NFL was 1999 with the New York Jets. And I was interviewing for a personnel job. And uh, Coach Parcells walked in, and he, uh, Mike Tannenbaum at the time was the pro director, and he says, Coach Parcells, I want you to meet Howie Roseman. And he said, Howie. And he looked me up and down, and he said, there's only one other Howie I know, and he's 6'4", 275. You may want to go with Howard for now on. <laughs> and I went, oh, this NFL thing's going to work out great for me. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the NFL thing has worked out great for you. Thank you very much. Uh, you got the Super Bowl ring, and you've had two playoff appearances since then. And you guys have shown so much grit and toughness late in the season to turn it around when your backs are against the wall. We've seen it two straight years now. Is it also frustrating, though, you get yourself in that position every year where you have to scratch and claw and fight to get a playoff spot? Yeah, Mike, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's been a little bit of our emphasis this offseason. Like, can we not put our backs against the wall? Can we get in a position where we have a little wiggle room, where we can take a deep breath, where it's not every game from week 11 and 12 on is playoffs or bus and because uh, it puts so much pressure on, on the football team and the stress level increases and there's only so much you can take with that. Uh, and as you see, like the, the world champions, when we won the Super Bowl, we had a bye. It's very hard when you put that much stress on your football team to then go in the playoffs and come out at the end. So uh, I think that's been a big offseason focus for us. How can we start better? You know, what can we do to improve the health of our football team? Uh, and we've kind of gone in that direction here with some of the off-field moves that we've made since the season has ended. Yeah, I mean, where where you get, you guys have an interesting off-season here as far as you know, pending free agents, things like that. You know, where does it all start? Where does where does it go here for Howie Roseman and the Eagles? Well, I think it all starts with the quarterback. You yeah, know? and, and uh, we have a quarterback that we think um, is a tremendous player, yeah. tremendous leader, and so we got to make sure that he's protected first and foremost. And we've put so much investments into our offensive line that we're really excited about the offensive line we have now. We we have a, an important free agent there as well, and somebody yeah. who's been a great player. For us, um, Hall of Fame player. Jason Peters you're talking about. For yep, sure. Right. And then that he's got playmakers at his disposal, yeah. always looking to surround him with playmakers. You know, we did it last year, adding Miles, you know, J.J. in the second round, who we're expecting, you know, him to take a big step up, big jump from year one to year two. You know, well, the year before, we had drafted Dallas Goddard, so we have him and Zach. Right. Um, but we want to make sure that when we look back on Carson's career, we've done everything possible to maximize his success. And, of course, we have an offensive head coach, yeah. so that doesn't right. hurt either. right. Has Carson Wentz silenced the downers, or is it still to be determined for him to really reach that potential where he's regarded as a franchise guy without anybody saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but? Yeah, I think internally that's never been an issue for us. You know, he's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous leader. He's a tremendous person. And um, I think for us, we got to do whatever we can to make sure that we put him in a position to be successful. And in my role, that's important. It's to make sure that he's got everything he needs to be really successful. Now, I don't want to short 
side, the fact that defense also matters to that because if you have a great offense and you're getting leads and you can't protect those leads, you can't rush the passer or, or prevent big plays, that's going to hurt your football team as well. So um, I think we got a lot of errors that we're looking at to try to improve. And, and like you said, you know, the, the positive is over the last three years, you know, we're one of only four teams to make the playoffs all three years, and I think we're the only NFC team over the last five years to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, we've had a lot of good things, but we're hungry for more. The, the, like the one thing, okay, like me being Johnny Evaluator here, like the deep threat, that was missing, right? And, you know, Deshaun Jackson, of course, getting hurt really affected that last year, which I, I felt like affected your whole offense to, to a degree. You know, you know, what, 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 you know, you talked about some of the young receivers you got. You know, Deshaun, he's getting up there in age. I mean, you think you're going to be a big player in free agency as far as that, that position's concerned? Well, I think you got to look at it as the offseason in its total picture. So you got to look at what's good in free agency, what's good in the draft, yeah, how right. it matches your right. picks, and, and what's the strength of the draft, what's the strength of free agency. Um, and also when you're talking about having a young quarterback, like you look at it, you know, our tight end group is young. Um, our running back group, we drafted Miles last year. Even Jordan Howard, who we acquired in trades, 26 years old. Boston Scott, who's the NFC Offensive Player of the Week against the Giants. You know, he's tremendously explosive. Right. So I think ideally when you look at it, you'd like to balance kind of veterans and youth. Um, but I, I think also when you talk about that and having guys who can take the top off, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, speed helps. Yes. Speed helps at, right. at every level, um, whether you're talking about offensively or defensively. You're in a division that has three new head coaches this year. Um, that's got to be an advantage when you, I mean, because all due respect, I mean, Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. Ron Rivera's been in a Super Bowl. Joe Judge, who knows how it's going to go. But you've got three coaches breaking in new programs with new teams. That has to give the Eagles a leg up, doesn't it? It's, it's funny you mention that because I remember um, in 2002, we played the Bucks in the championship game. And John Gruden was in his first year coaching the Bucs. And I'm saying, who in their first year coaching a team goes and wins the Super Bowl? Right. So um, I, I think it's hard to make those proclamations. They came into Philly in the last game at Veteran Stadium and beat us. You know, I think we got to focus on how we can improve our team, the things that we can do better. And, you know, the first goal is to win the NFC East. But um, we're not satisfied losing in the first round of the playoffs, winning the NFC East and losing in the first round. So we got to compare ourselves to the teams that are winning the Super Bowl. You know, our, our ex-head coach, Andy Reid, just won a world championship in Kansas City. They're going to be a threat going forward. So we're, we're trying to measure ourselves against the best teams in the NFC, um, in the National Football League, because that's where we want to go. How much time do you spend thinking about how differently the playoff game would have gone if Carson Wentz plays the whole thing? You know, I think it's more you, you feel bad for the kid and, and just um, the amount of preparation he puts in each week, the amount of leadership he showed when he took over our team. You know, at one point we're 5-7, and seven, we lose to the Dolphins. You know, everyone's writing us off. You know, all to our top three receivers are out, and um, everyone just followed him. And so, you know, just getting the opportunity, home playoff game to play, you feel bad for him. But... I've learned that, that it's hard to spend a lot of time thinking about the what-ifs. It, it could just drive you crazy. What if? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it anyway. It'll be great. Um, you're one of the best in the business at your job. You really are. And Mike you. and I he both have that everybody great knows. respect. No he's he's no a liar. It's I do okay. not. It's okay. I have not said that to everybody. Um, but I do feel like this is just uh, – am I overstating that? I feel like this is one of the bigger off-seasons I've seen the Eagles have. I know they're all big. But, like, here, the list of free agents I got in front of me, damn, you got a lot of them. Like, you got a work cut out for you. I just, 
do you see it like almost as like you gotta flip the team over here? Are well, we about to do I, that? Or? Well, I, I feel I feel two parts of that. Right. I think the first part of that is every off season is important. Yes, I, I know. I'm not trying to downplay the significance right. of this off season. It's the most important because it's the next one. Right. Um, but at the same time, we've been preparing for kind of a flipping of our team. You yeah. Know, we knew that. Um, when we kind of started back in 2016 and Coach Peterson came, that we were going to have a window. Right. And then the last couple of years, we were trying to extend that window. So um, we were trying to find undervalued veteran free agents because that's where we thought sure. the margin was at that point in time, sure. that veterans weren't getting what other guys were getting. Right. And so as we – and we only had 10 picks the last two years. And a lot of those picks were because we were trying to win a championship, not only in 2017 but in 18 and 19. And now as we build, we look at it as a, a new period of time where in 2020, 2021, we may have a lot of new players on our team, but we also have this core group yeah, of guys right. that are guys that are under contract, that are big parts of our team. I mean, we talk about the offensive line. I mean, we have a really you know, four guys, yeah. four starters who are under contract for right. the foreseeable future. Plus, we drafted a left tackle in the first round. Right. Um, you know, Carson's under contract. Miles is under contract. Both tight ends are under contract. You know, Fletcher Cox, who, with all due respect to the rest of our defense, may be our best defensive player yes. under contract for the long term. Definitely, so, yeah. Um, I think that we look at it like let, we're, we're not in a rebuilding mode. We're no, I know you're not. Right. And we're going to do whatever we can um, to try to build this team, but right. also to sustain success. We don't want to be in a period a year or two from now where we're tearing it all down. Right. You know, you've got your quarterback for well into the future. Do you kind of sit back and look at all the quarterbacks who are going to be free agents, all the teams are going to be looking and say, thank God we don't have to jump into that game of musical chairs? Or do you kind of wish at some level that you had a chance to? Like, that'd be kind of no, fun to have no, a ticket to this no, party. No, no, thank you. You know, because <laughs> everything, and, and it goes into the draft, like as sure as you can be until someone – moves into that city, is surrounded by the coaching staff, is accustomed to the surroundings that go with it, it's a risk. And so when you know when you're around someone, and that's why we do as much as we can when we hire new coaches, when we bring new people in, to try to find people who've been around them so we take some of the guesswork out of it because it's a little bit like dating. Until you you really live with someone, you only see someone on their best behavior. And you don't really know how they act. And um, we know our quarterback, and uh, it's funny because somebody asked me at my press conference, I said, you know, what do you think it would take to go from seven to one? And I said, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, guess. And I said, well, who's the player? You know, what's the evaluation of the player? You know, right. what are the other options yeah, out there? Yeah, we love it, answers it, without knowing context, the details or context. Know, give me all the right. information, right. and maybe I can help out a little bit. Right. Okay. Here's some, what do you do with a guy like Malcolm Jenkins? Eagles coach, uh, this is a timely pass by there, right yeah, there. See that? You see that? You uh, see we tried the to get the him. quarterback running hey. to the linebacker. Yeah. You see while, that? That, that was you, that was a little revenge. We were late for yeah. this. Yes, right. We tried to get Coach Peterson to sit in the middle. He declined to do it. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he knew it was my seat. He knew. He was like, "That's Chris's seat. I can't I, I, do I that." Said, hey, no, man. Quarterbacks don't do that. Backup quarterbacks don't do that to other backup <laughs> right, quarterbacks. Right. You know? it's, like, it's like this exactly. fraternity they all have. I didn't right. realize it until you know he came on our staff and hired Frank, and they got this like little fraternity. You can't get in there. Yeah, you can't get in there. What was the question? I wanted to ask. About Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins, though, yeah. no, I'm I'm just amazed, and you, just your thought process because of what you do in your job. I mean, here's a guy that's been a staple of your defense, no obviously a great leader, mm -hmm. but for lack of a better phrase, kind of wants to hold you guys hostage this year for more money or what he feels is fair market price. Yeah, and we understand. I mean, Malcolm's a great player and a great person, and at the end of the day, you know, he wants to do what's best for him, and we have to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 
But I think one of the things that I, that I appreciate about our players is that we're able to have honest conversations with them. That doesn't mean we always agree, and I'm not talking about just Malcolm yeah, with any right, of them. Right. And sit down and try to find solutions that work for everyone, and that doesn't always work. Um, and at the end of the day, we have a job to do and responsibility to our coaches, to our players, to our owner, to our fans to do what we think is right for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, scouting combine, they're making changes. Yeah. Workouts right. at night. Here we what go. do you think Here about workouts at night? Here we go. This is, the, this is the Florial headline. Let me see if I can get a headline <laughs> and get Howie fine. Bro, where some. says he <laughs> doesn't <laughs> like night Here, Here we go. I got the headline. Go. Uh, Bill Parcells saying that you should go by something out with Howie. That's our headline. <laughs> That's going to be great. But, but the, great. The, uh, no, we're asking everybody, or at least uh -huh. when we think of it. Right. The, the workouts are at night now. What do you think about that? I, this is my 20th scouting combine, and what I'm excited about is to see the change. You know, sometimes new is good. It's mm -hmm. fun to see that we're flipping our schedule because you get it's it's like it's like Pavlov. We're class conditioned when we come to Indy. This is our schedule. This is what we do. This is how everything's going. And, and uh, the newness, the freshness of it, it's exciting to kind of see how it goes and. Um, to see what kind of good food we can kind of sneak into the dome for yeah. dinner at night. Oh, that's good. That's a good yeah. one. I, I like that. Thanks. Well, hey, the uh, restaurants Thursday, Friday, well, and Saturday night are not going to be pleased. No, you're right. It's during messing prime their hours where they would be full, right. you guys yeah. are going to be at the dome. Well, maybe the takeout business. The ta that's for, what I was going to say. They're going to be sitting there eating a steak <laughs> on the third row of the, the stadium. <laughs> All your years being in the business is another one we've kind of asked, you know, a few guys here. Like, most memorable like workout you've seen from you know a rookie prospect anybody that jumps out i mean i'm sure fletcher cox was amazing it doesn't yeah, have to be an eagle show. freak show but um you know that jadavion clowny type workout where you're just yeah. like whoa i've never you know I, when i think about it i think about some of the individual when we go and we get on a plane and we go travel and visit with these guys and when you mentioned the best workout yeah you know i go to carson you know i remember that we we had done a quarterback tour you know maybe the, one of the five best moments in my career you know we all get on a plane and we go and uh, we we go to California and work out Jared and um, Kevin Hogan and then we go to North Dakota and see Carson and as he was just warming up it was like it was like a gazelle and just like he's just kind of floating through it and I remember he's just kind of casually like through the workout and he just he's just like effortlessly talking yeah. about 50, 50 yards I remember seeing uh, coach Peterson and just going whoa yeah. like it was just like no effort and right. so i think right there we kind of said uh, this, 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 guy. This, this guy this guy can play in philly you right. know? he's gonna be able to throw it in every kind of condition and so when yeah, i think about great workouts i think of being up close with the guy because you're still you're still you know you're not on the field with these guys yeah. you're not at eye level right. and, and sometimes you can feel a guy you can feel a guy's explosiveness when you're down on the field yes you can. It does make a difference. I, it's, it's, I like just being here just to see some of the guys walk by me. Right. Just to have a good feel for, okay, I've seen him on film, and, oh, he's this big of a person here in person. I don't get enough it of changed. that. that it changes. I, I, there's no doubt. It right. changes. He's always right. checking him out, he, and especially the butts and legs. Yep. Yep. That's why I like Fletcher Cox. Hold out a butt and leg in that uniform. I know that. We're going in a bad direction, guys. Bad direction. <laughs> so, uh, Can you do Sims like butt and legs? I got another one for you, and this won't create a headline. This is just curiosity that we've been asking several guys about. What if the draft came before free agency? Would you like that? I'll tell you what, I was a young GM and we had this in 2011. 2011. Yeah. And Son, uh, it, it, it was not a great experience for, for the Philadelphia Eagles or me personally, you know. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the way it is now is, is a great way. And That was um, the dream team. Vince Young was. said so. 
the dream team. Please, I'm a freaking flashback. Sorry, right sorry. Now. I'll say sorry for my Texas alum, my friend Vince Young. Oh, sorry. Flashbacks. Yeah. But, you know, some guys want it. Some guys have said they want it. Kyle Shanahan wants it. I think Sean Payton has said that they would like that, that you yeah. can go out and address your needs in tell, the draft. Tell me the and whatever's left we'll over. By him. Yeah. yeah, I know you will. All right, last thing, just because he's the man of the moment, like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know you weren't, like, evaluating and thinking about, like, but just through the process, because I know you're a guy that probably studies the top quarterbacks every year no matter what. I'll tell you what, though. It's interesting because yeah. we had just traded up for Carson the year before. Right. And so I can honestly tell you I didn't watch any of those top three quarterbacks until that after year. the draft. Right. Until right. after, because – I didn't want to waste the time spending two hours, three hours on each guy, right. knowing that we didn't You're have that, that amount of time. Yeah. But, you know, it just gave me another opportunity to congratulate Coach Reed, you yeah. know, and a guy just who um, I came into the league with and is just a tremendous person, a tremendous head coach. And uh, if it's not going to be us, you know, it was the first Super Bowl I ever watched uh, that we weren't playing in that I actually was rooting, you know, and that's no yeah. disrespect. To Coach Shanahan sure. and John and the San Francisco 49ers organization, but um, that that that's our guy, yeah, you know, right. Coach Reed, and so um, he deserves it. Yeah, good for him. Earned All it. right, well, hey, uh, you deserved it, and you got it two years ago, and maybe you'll get it. Well, I picked you to go to the Super Bowl this past. So did year. I. Yeah, thanks, thanks for letting did. me down. Don't do that this year. Okay, well, maybe we got a better chance. Move on. Thanks, right. thanks guys Roseman, for having me. Appreciate Eagles it. GM Howard Roseman, Eagles GM. <laughs> thanks, Howard. See you Here at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, a man who is entering his second year as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. We saw you last year, Coach, and you came back. You didn't learn your lesson after talking to us last year. He's Vic Fangio, coach of the Broncos. Congratulations on your first year. A lot of good, right? And I'm sure some areas of improvement as you go into year two. But all in all, I, I think the Broncos are moving in the right direction. I hope so. You know, we've ended the season on a good note, winning four of the last five. Um, we had some tough losses earlier in the season. And the guys were resilient, kept moving forward, didn't um, cave to the disappointment of some of the losses that we had. And I thought we ended the season on a strong point. And I think the guys are in the right frame of mind moving forward. Toughest loss to overcome had to have been the one in Minnesota, up 20 points at halftime. What was the key to getting the guys to put that behind them? Just to show them, you know, the facts, you know, where we failed, why we lost the lead on both sides of the ball and just move on from there and where we could learn. But we had, you know, the one in Indianapolis was right there. The one against Chicago was even worse. So, I mean, we had our, we were experts there for a while and not closing the games that we were in position to win. And then we did that in the second half of the season more than we didn't. I think the best news when you look at the whole season was Drew Locke. We didn't see much of him, but I think he's got it. Right, There's the, he's got that quality. He's got that intangible. I mean, he can make the throws, but he's got that leadership. He's got that spark. Give me your assessment, even though it was a limited sample size of Drew Locke as a rookie quarterback. Well, I was really glad to get him five games, you know, because albeit it is limited, it's better than one or two or none. And um, he was all in right from the get-go. I think the biggest thing that, and I, I think Drew getting hurt really helped him and helped his career because he you know he hurt his thumb on his throwing hand which is a serious injury for a quarterback and he missed three months of practice and somehow some way from the middle of August to the middle of November he improved tremendously as an NFL football player and an, and a quarterback he um, engaged himself in observations and in the meetings watch Joe Flacco get ready without the pressure of him having to go out and perform 
and the guy came back a much, much better player without all that practice through his observations. And one thing that I, I noticed about him, and I remember listening to John Madden call games, Coach Madden always seemed to gravitate toward the guys who were just having fun, smiling, enjoying themselves, not freaked out by the moment. And that's my perception of Drew Locke. He was having a good time. The moment's not too big for him. He knows he belongs, and everything just flows from that. I think it's true. I mean, we, the one game we did lose in his five was against Kansas City in Kansas City. And we really struggled that day. We lost 23-3. Uh, to three. And, uh, you know, we were struggling to make a first down, let alone make score some touchdowns. And it never phased him in a negative way. He kept going out there with confidence that, hey, we can still go down and score this series. And to me, that I learned more about him that day than I probably did the other games. We had Von Miller Super Bowl week, and we talked to him about Patrick Mahomes, and, and he told us one of the things Mahomes does when he gets the ball, he just drops back and back and back and back and makes it just harder to get to him. I mean, you've had a chance to see him one full game and part of another because he was injured in the Thursday night game that he played in Denver. What have you picked up from having a chance to study him directly, to watch him on film? What, and I know you don't want to disclose a lot of your secrets about how you plan to defend him, but is there anything you can pick up from seeing what he does to try to harness him, corral him, and limit him? I think limits the more right word to use than to corral or harness. He's hard to do that to. Um, he's a very talented guy. Uh, he's, the one thing I think people miss when they talk about him is because he's so talented and everybody is taken back by that. But this guy sees the field very well and makes great decisions. You know, some people like to look at him as a gunslinger quarterback, but gunslingers throw interceptions. He doesn't. So, I mean, we got a rare guy on our hands here that the NFL is fortunate to have. We're unfortunate to uh, be in his division. <laughs> but um, been there before. We, you know, when I first came into the league, Montana was in our division, followed by Young and we all dealt with Aaron Rodgers for a long time, and uh, this guy is the, has taken that, all those mantles over. And it sounds like the challenge for a team like that is you just got to outscore them, and you're developing the offensive talent. You've got the receivers, you've got the quarterback, you got the tight end in Noah Fant, you've got Philip Lindsay, you've got the the potency offensively. And I know a defensive guy may not relish that, but if you're going to play the Chiefs, your best chance to beat them may be to put more points on the board than you know they're going to. Well, you're going to have to, to some degree. I mean, you want to slow them down somewhat, but um, that's a chore in and of itself. But they've lost nine games in the last two years, and one of them was the winning team scored 29. The other seven, they were between 31 and 54. So I think that paints a pretty good picture to what you're alluding to. You're going to have to score some points. What do you coach your defensive players to do when a quarterback runs? Because, you know, I've noticed like in the Tennessee-Kansas City AFC Championship game, and I've seen it throughout the year. I saw it in the XFL over the weekend. Phillip Walker got toward the sidelines, P.J. Walker now, and slowed down like he was going out of bounds and then pulled the okey-doke and ran for another 12 yards. What do you tell your guys to do when the quarterback's running the football? Well, we take a good look each and every week what the play quarterbacks do in those situations. Are they quick to slide? Are they quick to go out of bounds? Or are they somebody that's going to compete and try and get some extra yards? So we try and prepare them, prepare them for that, um, knowing that it's not guaranteed one way or the other. So 
and the defensive players are put in a tough spot in those situations because the minute they let up if the guy doesn't go down take a slide or go out of bounds they can look pretty bad so but we try and study that what's the best defense that you believe you've ever coached all these years in the league what's the uh, one that you think back on and say that was my best performance those three years we had in San Francisco were we had really good players guys that were enjoyed playing with each other enjoyed being coached by us those three years were really good our my, my last season in Chicago um, we were really really good you know we kind of did everything you know we took the ball away we stopped the run we rushed the pass. you know we had a great team now that was only for one season we were building up to that you know did a nice job building a defense there and then we added Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and that put us over the top um, <clears throat> I mean going back to my early years as a coordinator we had good defenses in Carolina's expansion team in the second year with Kevin Green Sam Mills who Sam Mills should be in the Hall of Fame uh, made it to the final 15 this past year Lamar Lathan uh, Eric Davis um, you know we, we were good and we we got beat by uh, Brett Favre's Green Bay Packers the year they won their Super Bowl we lost them in the championship game and going back to my earlier years as an assistant you know obviously with the New Orleans Saints when we had those linebackers you know we were pretty good on defense then too so when you've coached this long you've been around a lot of great players or you wouldn't have coached this long so they carry you real quick before I let you go Vic Fangio give yourself a grade for Vic Fangio's first year as head coach of the Broncos seven and nine that's what our record was yeah. so uh, you know that's really all that matters I'm comfortable with the job we did as a coaching staff we obviously can make some improvements but um, I think I think we did fine and but ultimately it's seven and nine so whatever that percentage is quickly do the math that's what great I'll give myself well we wish you the best going forward and thanks again for some of your time I love what you have going on I know it's not going to be easy in that division but that makes it more rewarding when the wins come coach uh, we'll have more from the scouting combine here in Indianapolis after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.